Tracy. And I'm Lena. And we love Healing Children. In fact, we're the co-owners and founders of Healing Children, LLC. And this is our podcast, The Bumpy Road to Healing, where we get real about what children need emotionally. And how best to support them. We skip the fluff. And get right to the heart of it. we have kids when we're giving them um, discipline or we tell them no or we're holding them accountable for some of their behavior we have kids who it results in temper tantrums mm-hmm. so maybe they throw things or they destroy the classroom or they're running away mm-hmm. and all of that just kind of escalates the situation yeah maybe to the point for some people they either try to avoid disciplining the child altogether. Right. Because it's like, I want to deal with this. It's too much. Yeah. It's too much. Or when it does happen, they kind of beg or bribe or let go of their expectations. They give an expectation, they start Uh to escalate, they let go of it. Yeah. And um, neither one of those, you know, if you use either of those solutions to the problem, unfortunately, you send a nonverbal message that you don't believe the child can figure this out. But they are too weak to follow the same expectations of all the other kids around them. Yeah. Other times what happens is you get into what's called a power struggle. Okay. And a power struggle is when we as adults are, you know, maybe we're emotionally upset too. Mm -hmm. We really don't believe the child can figure this out. And we use tactics such as anger or shame to force them to behave. Mm -hmm. Or we're using lectures or threats. Or maybe we add on extra punitive consequences Mm -hmm. like we, they're not behaving now. So I'm going to do this. And then they're not behaving. So I add this on. And then I add this on and add this on. Right. And it just continues to kind of explode between the child and, and the adult. I really look, I think the goal of a power struggle lots of times is I want this kid to realize Mm -hmm. what they're doing. Mm -hmm. There are, they're making my life difficult as the adult. They are making their own life difficult. And I want them to be aware and knock it off. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and just do what I say and, and really internalize what's going on, not realizing that when we're using a power struggle, we're really just hurting a relationship with the mm-hmm. child. Yeah. Well, oftentimes too, a lot of these kids have grown up where they've learned how to wait the adult out. Mm-hmm. So they know that if they throw their temper tantrum long enough, refuse long enough, eventually the adults back off. Yeah. They'll lecture me. I just have to put up with a lecture. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get my way mm-hmm. or they'll feel guilty about lecturing me or using anger. They'll feel bad about this and I'll get my way. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of a very unhealthy cycle. And we're more likely and more prone to get into that if we're tired, if we're frustrated, if we're not feeling like the support we need. Right. Because a lot of the kids that we're, what we're talking about with healing children are kids that don't typically respond to typical classroom management and, yeah. and teachers need more help and they need more support. Right. And it's really hard. And so one of the things we wanted to talk about for the purpose of this podcast was a strategy that we find is one of the most powerful strategies for these kids. Mm -hmm. And it's called waiting out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times when we've taught this, people are like, what the heck do you mean by waiting out? (laughs) By waiting out a behavior. What does that look like? How do you do that? Yeah. And and not knowing, because sometimes waiting it out, they're like, can look like a power struggle if you don't mm-hmm. really know what it is you're looking at or what you're doing. Right? Well, and it sounds like one sometimes too, depending mm-hmm. on how you're explaining it. Yeah. Too. And so in our trainings, um, in our teachable online trainings, it, we do include a couple of videos within that training that really show the difference of what waiting out versus power struggle looks like in that. And to me, those are very, very powerful videos mm-hmm. for really getting your head around this. Um, but waiting out is you have the mindset and the belief that the child can figure this out. Yeah. 
I really believe that they can figure this out. I really believe they can turn their behavior around. And so it looks different than a power struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that you let the child do whatever they want and right. give up on it. It might mean that maybe they're going to a different location while they throw their temper tantrum or fit. Mm-hmm. But the adults around them are very calm. Bottom line, the fit is not getting them out of the no. expectation. The expectation does not go away. So what do we do to keep them safe and other people safe while they're throwing this huge fit? And essentially working through the fact that they're going to have to do things that are either hard for them mm-hmm. or that they don't want to do because that's a part of school. And that's a part of learning. Yes. And a part of life. Yeah. And so it's maintaining your calm composure. Uh-huh. It's making sure your body and your mind are calm. Mm-hmm. You're just waiting for them to follow the directions or the expectations of the school. You're not mm-hmm. using coercion or any of the other stuff we talked about in other podcasts. You might use some tea talk as appropriate, and we cover that um, in some of our trainings. I think we might even do a podcast on tea talk as well. Um, and it's bottom line, you're kind of setting that example. Yes, of what you expect. And as a teacher, mm-hmm. sometimes you can't always be the one that waits them out because you have to instruct. Right. Sometimes it has to be somebody else in your building. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and sometimes being calm is hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to maintain that calm composure. And so, what I often do if I have a kid in who's refusing to follow directions, throwing temper tantrums, they can come in my office and they can sit. I have a space in front of my file cabinet. Mm-hmm. And what I do is I just work. Mm-hmm. I just get other things done. And that helps my body maintain calmness. And so there's times I'll get a lot of reports written. Right. So I'm fine. I'm happy. And then that goes back into co-regulation, which we talk about mm-hmm. in another podcast is they're kind of seeing I'm calm and happy. I'm not too worked up about this. Right. I believe they can figure this out. Yeah. And then once I notice they're calm, then I can say, are you ready? And then they can follow the directions. And we go back and we follow the original expectation. And it's thinking about what is a child learning in that moment? Mm-hmm. They're learning that even if I throw a fit, this adult is still going to maintain those high expectations that I can do my work. Mm-hmm. They're going to provide the help that I need when I need it, when I'm willing to do more work on this issue than the adult. Mm-hmm. Like they learn, they it really sends that message of, I believe in you. Mm-hmm. I know you can do this. And I'm going to allow you to go through this process because I understand it's a process of growing and maturing mm-hmm. that you need to go through to figure it out. Yeah. So think about even when we were yeah. all kids, mm-hmm. right? And we would misbehave at home and maybe we were kind of snotty or jerky and our parents would send us to our room. It's the same idea. Yes. And at first we would be mad. Oh yeah. I remember thinking all kinds of terrible things that I wanted to have happen <laughs> to my parents. It's like, and I remember I was thinking like, how dare you send me to my room? Yes. I'm sure my thought as a child, Yes, you know, but then after a while you realize like, well, I was kind of rude to my mom or I was kind of mean to my dad and I was kind of overreacting and I shouldn't treat my parents with that kind of disrespect. It's not okay. Mm -hmm. And then you learn how to be better and you learn how to handle frustration better. Exactly. You know, and I think sometimes we get too wrapped up in being worried. The kid is upset. This must be damaging them. Mm-hmm. not understanding that's just part of growing and learning. And sometimes we have kids in those toddler years, they go through temper tantrum stage because they're learning how to manage their own behavior within the realms of rules and boundaries. Well, they're also figuring out some of their own autonomy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so you think about babies to get a need met, they, they have to go into a rage, right? Yeah. Or a rage, disarousal, displeasure. So then the caregiver knows like you have a need. Mm-hmm. Well, 
they have to kind of work out of that behavior because as you become older, you can manage your own behavior more. You can, and you're more independent. You can do more for yourself. And you can talk. And you can talk. So you no longer have to throw a temper tantrum to get those needs met. So toddlers have to learn. That's not how we get things done. Yes. And, you know, kids have to learn that. Even adults, we have to learn. Yes. That's that's not how how we get get things things done. done. (laughs) (laughs) And we might still try at times. Of course we try at times. Then we have to learn that that isn't how it's, if we're lucky, Mm -hmm. we have people around us who don't allow us to get away with that. Yes. Who still love us. Exactly. In spite of ourselves. And so it's removing that audience. It's removing um, the adult anger. It's removing all of that for the kid. Yeah. So they have time to self-reflect. They have time to get themselves under control and be ready to follow the direction and the original expectation that we asked from them. And so they learn that that temper tantrum doesn't get them out of it. And we've really found that that is where we see the most growth with kids. And for some kids, it's more than one time. Yes. I think it's realizing for some kids, you might be doing it a lot. For some yeah. kids, it might be hours. Mm-hmm. And again, that's why you have to have a team to do this, to have this set up. And you have to let go of, because that to me is the biggest issue for educators. It's just like, they've got to be in the classroom. They've got to be learning. I don't have time to deal with this. And, and I under, I definitely understand that for a teacher who's managing a classroom. Mm-hmm. They do need to be in their classroom. They need the other adults in the building to help with this kind of stuff. But you and I have seen huge success with this, with some of our um, kids who are in the emotionally disturbed programs, mm-hmm. um, where it completely changed their whole school year. Yeah. So it's very effective because it's really mm-hmm. holding on to an expectation that it is within reason mm-hmm. that that child can do yes, and needs to do if they're going to be successful in school. And then you find that, again, like long-term wise, they're actually getting more education mm-hmm. than us walking on eggshells, trying to keep them behaving all the time versus just maintaining that expectation, knowing that we're going to fall mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. if they are, if they're going through a hard time, mm-hmm. that expectation doesn't go away. No. And then it's an adult learning how to be calm because it's not easy because some of there are some adults who don't like the silence that want to feel the silence or feel like they have to yeah. talk the kid into behaving. Mm-hmm. And so we do a lot of training um, with our people on what does that look like? Yeah. And for some people, I'm like, find a book that you've always wanted to read. So when this happens, you can be excited that you get time to read while you wait for the child to calm themselves. That's right. That really helps you have the right emotional state within your body to do this. Yeah. And then remembering what was the original expectation. And we even had one group of educators come to our training that the original expectation that created a whole blow up and destroying of the room was asking a child to hand them the pencil. Yeah. So when it was over and they had fixed their mistake and cleaned it up, they had to go back and say, can you please hand me the pencil? And the child had to see that expectation did not go away just because they threw a temper tantrum Mm -hmm. because the child I'm guessing has figured out if I throw enough temper tantrums with simple things, Mm -hmm. the adults give up. Yeah. Yeah. They give up and I don't have to do it. And I know there are some theories out there. They're like, why are you guys making such a big deal out of this? Because, you know, maybe this child's had trauma or this child's had something else, but the reality is if children don't learn to follow those small expectations, that child can't heal from the trauma. No, they stay stuck in it. And we don't want that for kids. Well, I think what's hard, it's an interesting dynamic with healing Mm -hmm. because there has to be humbleness to heal. Yeah. You know, healing from stuff isn't comfortable. No, it's, it's not a comfortable thing. Healing even from physical pains isn't comfortable. Like we have to do maybe physical therapy or we have to clean a cut or, 
healing is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And, um, if kids learn, like a teacher asked me to do something within reason, and I have figured out if I throw a temper tantrum, I get out of it. They're not going to develop that humbleness to, to heal or they're, Mm -hmm. or they get to trust the adults around them. Well, then they also use that strategy in every other relationship in their life. Yeah. And that's going to impact their relationships. So then they're going to be lonely. Yeah. And they're not going to have what they need for healing. And they're not going to understand that because no one's been honest with them. No. And so that's what we believe. Let's be honest with these kids. Yeah. So if you want to learn more, like I said, we have a separate training called, I think, Power Struggle versus Waiting Out and Teachable. In addition to this training is integrated into our trainings where you can get college credit. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's good to see the video clips that we have as part of this because of that, that they are so powerful in what that looks like for us. Yeah. Um, and then we also always have our book, Healing Discipline, Bringing Hope to Shattered Lives. And many blogs and podcasts that you can watch. If you like what you're hearing and you want to learn more, you can go to our website at www.healingchildrenllc.org. On our website, you can read more about who we are. You can look at our online trainings. You can also look at our blogs on a variety of topics. You can see our most new and up-to-date podcasts. You can also engage with us in a variety of ways. Such as liking us or following us on social media. You can even hire us to come in. Or you could email us or call us. Exactly. Make sure that you sign up for our email list so that you can get the latest information about what we have to offer, including live trainings in your area. Yes, so let the healing begin. Thank you for joining our podcast, The Bumpy Road to Healing. The Bumpy Road to Healing is sponsored by Healing Children, LLC. We are both educators and mental health professionals, which gives us a unique perspective on working with children, both in and out of the school setting, who have severe emotional and behavioral concerns. Our mission is for all children to be emotionally healthy, happy, mature, and responsible. As adults establish healthy relationships and appropriate boundaries, we believe that children are more likely to grow and prosper. When adults understand the impact of trauma, entitlement, disruptive attachment, and child development, including conscious development, they can better create healing environments for children. To learn more about us and what we have to offer, go to www.healingchildrenllc.org. Hey!